0: Those tough times that you did endure, those tough times that you did overcome, sometimes you might forget that if you're too humble. You gotta understand that you've been through a lot and you've conquered a lot. So you have to be aware of that. But being balanced with the savage aspects where it's like, man, I'm a dog. I can get this I'ma Certified, right? <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it.
1: What makes the journey worth it? The pain. The adversity, the opposition, the challenges, the uncertainty. Why do I have to go through this? What's the lesson in this? I got a paralyzed right arm and hand. The million dollar question I get every single day is you wouldn't change what happened to you, why? Serendipity, join us for insightful dialogues about not just successes, but about failures, opposition, adversities that shape and mold of individuals to who they are today. I'm Inky Johnson. This is Serendipity. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity with Inky Johnson. Uh, Today's guest, man, is a friend, like a brother, Eric Berry. You know, NFL player, son, just a great all-around guy. He's a warrior. And so we're going to get right into it. EB, how you doing, man? I'm
0: good, man. How you doing?
1: I'm all good. I'm all good, man. First and foremost, I just want to say thanks for your time, man. I know you're out ripping and running making it happen, so I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, you know it, no doubt, man. I'm glad to be here with you, man. No doubt, no doubt. So E, the reason, the reason I started like this platform was basically because I feel as if in life, like as people, a lot of times we waste experiences, right? When they mm-hmm. don't show up in the form of which we expected, or when we go through things and they don't turn out the way we want them to, whether that be something great, whether that be adversity and opposition, And so serendipity, the whole basis of it is when we go through something and in the moment we're like, man, why I got to go through this or why I'm experiencing this. Then you look up a month later, a year later, you know, a week later, and you're thankful for it because it played a part into your betterment. And so I'll never forget, man, when I first met you, right? And I think it was on your visit and everybody was talking about you and I had saw you play and I was like, man, this cat, vicious, Right. Like, when did you fall in love with the game of football?
0: I think I fell in love with the game of football because it took me to a place where I could honestly express myself. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me to do that in words. It was hard for me to do that. um Period. And my dad, you know, he was, you know, very instrumental in my life, dog. And it was a point in middle school I was just headed down the wrong path. I was just doing so much bad (laughs) stuff, man, just just (laughs) doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Once my dad, he just set me down. He was like, man, you can't continue going down this path, man. Like, I know, you know, it gets hard. It gets hard. And... I really just poured into football, and it, it never was about the accolades for me. It was me releasing because I had so much pain, so much anger, so much just stuff built up, and I never knew how to express it. <laughs> writing, writing was one of it. My dad dad ta- told me to start writing, and that was something that got a lot of things out of my system. So even just to touch on it, when you was when I was in school, and you used to write me those letters. Before games, that really touched me because I understood what you was going through because mm. sometimes you can't, you can't talk to somebody about what you're going through or what you're thinking about. You have to put that stuff down on paper. So having, that, having said that, being able to express myself and fully express myself on the football field, and you know how it is, like there's no turning back once you step in between those white lines. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be what it's going to be, you know, and just understanding that you're going to be vulnerable. There's gonna be things on that field that you can't do. It's gonna be things that you you have weaknesses and it's all on film. You can't hide on film. But understanding and having people on the on the same side as you as you who can cover up your weakness because they're gonna they're gonna go just as hard for the same thing that you wanna do. You know what I'm saying? Well just it's so many things. It's a, layered, it's a layered concept. And I think I understood that football was a big part of life. It wasn't no separation between the two. Mm. I think I understood that at a young age um, simply because mm. my dad was like, the same way you approach things on the field, that's how you need to approach things in life. And that's how we communicated. That's how we bonded because he couldn't get through to me just, you know, because I was one of those kids that was getting whoopings. I was, I was getting <laughs> in trouble. But it sounds moving. I getting was, moving. man. And it just, <laughs> some things wasn't clicking. No but done. when he, he used football as a lesson, a teaching tool for me. And I think that's when I started to realize once I started actually getting involved in the process and paying attention and riding home with him after practice saying like, that's how you approach the game. That's when I say you're not running. That's what I mean by you're not running. You're supposed to run like this or you're supposed to be low like this because it's the same way when, you, when you're doing your homework. You gotta create leverage somehow. You gotta create leverage with your knowledge. You gotta cre- create leverage with your discipline because we're at, a, we're at a disadvantage from the get-go. You know, So you gotta make sure that you do everything in your power to put yourself in position to be successful.
1: No doubt, man. And, and I know your family, man. You come from a great family. You know, great mother, man, great father, your brothers. You spoke about writing them notes, and I wanted to show you this, right? I still got it, like the notes that you wrote to me with your goals. You know what I'm saying? I got them in my office. I show them to my son. You know what I'm saying? And, and I yeah. never forget, like I was showing my wife one day, and she was like, did EB uh, accomplish some of those goals on the paper? I was like, it's crazy. He accomplished all of them. Right. Yes, and sure. so the importance of that, bro, like how important, like you say, your dad taught you to write and all these things. How important was setting goals to you, whether it be coming up or when you got to the University of Tennessee and thereafter, just in terms of your life guide of setting goals and writing things down?
0: Man, it's, it's big because my dad, he, he was big on vision. And seeing it before you do it, like he actually used to make me sit down and visualize what I wanted to do, not just in football games, but in life, too. And I think just being able to, you know, craft those visions and visualize, you know, making that interception and taking it back for 70 yards or, you know, doing that homework and staying committed to reading books when you didn't want to read it. But making sure you did so because you could know the content for the test. I mean, just visually doing that and putting your mind into that, you know, just building momentum, mm-hmm. just thinking about it and building momentum. But the thing about writing it down, you know, I I keep talking about my dad because I don't take that for granted. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't take that for granted. And some of the lessons that I learned, even just by watching him, like seeing him up at 6.30 in the morning, planning out his day, mm-hmm. writing the things down that he wanted to do, you know, just, all right, he got a, a house to paint, a house to clean. He's going to do that at 12 o'clock. He's going to get off. He's going to cook cook dinner for the family, you know, take us to practice, get off practice, go to the work the third shift, get up, take a nap for three hours. Like, he had this stuff written out, and I'm looking at it. You know, he'll leave it on the table downstairs. I see him thinking about doing these things, and, and I go look at it like, wow, this is what he's doing. So I think just him writing it down, not only is it, you know, remembering and being able – not only just knowing it and having it down so you don't forget because – the faintest pen is stronger than mm. the strongest movement and he could refer back to it and see what he wanted to do and make sure he stayed dedicated to that mm. but as far as the goals go, what what an injustice it would be to say that you wanted to do something but you don't even take the time to write that down. Mm. Wow if you don't write that down, like the simplest thing you could do to bring it to a physical form is write it down. Mm. and it doesn't take much so you might as well write it down i think what took it to the next level when i met you because my dad always told me to write my goals down Absolutely. when i met you you told me to write down what i was going to sacrifice mm. to make it to those goals and i never thought about it that way yeah. you, you told me to write down what i was going to sacrifice and what i was going to commit to mm. so it if you look at that sheet, it has the things that I was going to do in order to reach that level or reach those accomplishments. And even though those accomplishments were on those, like I think I had the Thorpe Award winner on yeah. there, yeah. had it on there. Got it on here. But you. I had the things that I was going to commit to up under it. Right and on. I never, I never, I never focused on the Thorpe Award. Mm. I had to commit to the things that I wrote under there. Wow. And, I think it just puts everything in perspective. You know, it puts everything in perspective. And it, like you always say, man, it's not not about how can you stay committed to something without being emotionally attached to it. Absolutely. I was so focused on not letting myself down on what I committed to that when I got the award, it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. But (laughs) look at these habits. Look at these habits I developed. You know what I'm saying? I developed these habits, developed this system to where I can take this, to a business. I can take this to the next level. I can take this to my family and my friends and my loved ones and they can depend on me just because I developed that, that character and that habit. Yeah,
1: man. It's like, um, it's like the quote that says, what's more important, what you acquire, who you become. It speaks to what you're saying. Like when you got a goal, you got dreams, you got aspirations, you write down what you got to sacrifice and what you're going to commit to in order to make it happen. Because the process is what builds us as you know you know what i'm saying the process of chasing every single day but along that process we face opposition we face adversity and we face challenges and it's a mindset that's formed with that and so when you was at tennessee like you were incredible you was all world like they sung your name on campus you know what i'm saying you had your own song right Joint was dope right but i'll never forget when you first got there like some of the guys, the older guys, like some of them didn't want to let you in on the plays. They didn't want to tell you some of the things because they felt like, man, this cat could possibly take my position. Right. Mm-hmm. And you had to fight and you had to claw. But you did your thing. You worked hard. And of course, you the rest was history. But along that process, when you first got to Tennessee, EB, and you had this fire, you had this desire and you wanted to be great. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. what was that process and that mindset like when you got on campus and you was working towards some of the things you went on to accomplish?
0: And it was just it was just that I had built that up in my spirit before I even got there. I didn't come to Tennessee and develop my spirit. It was oh. I already came in there with the mindset that I wasn't I wasn't gonna back down, I wasn't gonna give up, I wasn't like I wasn't gonna half step it because I, I was already I already had this mentality, dog, and you know how it is no when you cultivate something for a long time and you you, you commit to it. Mm-hmm. it. It ain't too much that's gonna stop that. No doubt. But even with the opposition, and even with the ups and downs, the surgeries and stuff like that, it was just like, oh man, I'm not, I know where I come from. I'm a berry, man. Like, hmm. no I'm a berry, bro. I came up here to represent my dad. I came here to represent my aunties. You know what I'm saying? I just came here to just do something for, for my community because, dude, I'm from Creek, I'm from Fairbank, Georgia, a little small right outside of Atlanta. Oh, you know what I'm saying? My mom wanted me to go to a private school. She wanted me to go to uh, Woodward Academy, mm-hmm. and she wanted me to go to Landmark. And I told her straight up like I'm not going, I'm not going there because I want to put Fairburn on the map. I want to, I want to make sure that, you know what I'm saying? Like these kids can say, you know what. Let me go to Creekside. Eric Berry went to Creekside. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, he came straight from the swamp, did what he had to do, and, and just and, and made it happen. No and um, I think that was also a big part of me committing to football and staying out of trouble and getting my grades because I didn't want to go to a private school. That wasn't me. Mm. My friends my friends went to Creekside, and that's what I wanted to do. So just coming in and also having great uh, males pouring into me like my coach Willie Kenny, he came from uh, Deerfield, Florida. He coached Brent Schaefer and, and Chris Gamble. Oh wow! Brent Schaefer played quarterback at uh, UT. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the same way I came in, like I was in my sophomore year, and he came in. He he was the linebacker coach, but eventually became my defensive back coach. Hmm. And he cultivated cultivated that mindset in me every single day because the first day I met him, he said. Oh, you that Eric Berry kid. I heard a lot about you. Mm. But I'm gonna tell you like this cats like you, where I'm from, come a dime a dozen. Mm. What's gonna make you what's gonna make you stand out from them? I'm from Florida, I'm from Miami, dog. He told me just like this. Yeah. Like I'm from Miami, dog. You gotta show me something and prove something to me because it's a cat just like you that I see. I can pick him up off the street and do everything you doing. And mm-hmm. to be honest, it struck a nerve with me because I was already working, I was always already doing what I was supposed to. But that took that took my game to the next level because I wanted to prove it to him. Mm. And then right before that, my dad also had a conversation with me saying that he felt like I wasn't working. And that hurt my spirit. Mm. Like, that really crushed me. He was like, because I had a strong freshman year, real strong freshman year, going into my sophomore year. And I'm feeling myself, to be honest with you, teenager, you know what I'm saying, about to turn 16. <laughs> you know how it is. No, no doubt. And he set me down. He was like, dude, you're not working. You're not working. And that hurt me to have my dad say I'm not working, to say that, to see those things that he's writing down before he goes to work, seeing his list of things to do Mm. and and him looking at me and say, I'm not putting in the type of work. So what I did was I ended up uh, writing down what I was going to do and what I was going to commit to. And I ended up getting the keys to the janitor from the janitor, I, I actually <laughs> got him to give me the keys so I could open up the school and go work out. Wow. Me, you, uh, yeah. um, Terrence Parks, and uh, my friend, uh, Vincent Evans, you know what I'm saying? We used to go and get to the school at 5.30 before the janitor, we opened up. The only thing we had to do was make sure we didn't lose the keys. And we did that every morning in the off season, dog. And mm-hmm. I think that, that sense of accountability and seeing my dad somewhat disappointed and challenging me mm-hmm. and seeing that I had another coach challenge me in the sense to where I wasn't doing, reaching my potential when I thought I was. Mm. I think that's what I came into the school. That's why I came into Tennessee with the fire that I had, because I didn't like that feeling. And I never wanted to have anyone question my work ethic mm. or question what I was doing. Yeah, the talent is there. You I know the talent. Is but that's not what I was about. I didn't want to let my, my dad, the males that was around me, my family, I didn't want to let them down and say that I wasn't working. And that hurt. That really hurt. Honestly, that hurt.
1: That's real. A lot of cats don't, don't take it personal. You know what I'm saying? Like, how you speaking about it? Like, you're like, man, I took it personal. Like, when that, when that came from my dad, and I know that feeling, like when you got a male you respect, like you don't mm-hmm. want to let them down. You want to make them proud, especially when they've showed you and pour it into right. you, right? Like, right. that means something. And so you, you accomplish something that, you know, not a lot of cats get to accomplish in mm-hmm. terms of from, when, from the time they're kids until, you know, they get drafted. You got drafted, right? Like, highest DB drafted, I think, since Sean Taylor at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And you accomplished that dream. And I know a lot of people played a part in you getting there in terms of your family and your coaches. But, of course, you working for it. Like, what did that day feel like, when it happened?
0: Man, it felt really good. It felt so good. But that was just a part of the process. Like, that was a part of the success. Like, I wanted to sustain success. No doubt. I wanted to, you know, show consistency. Like, I wanted to be able to get there and, you know, just continue to impact and empower my people. Because... It's just, it's just so much. Like you got younger brothers following you. Like you want to make sure they have a good example and show them like, you can really do this. You can really get to this level, but this is not, this is not what it's about. Mm. This is not, this is not the last stop. You got to continue to grow, continue to develop. And the thing I wanted to do when I got to the league is just continue to grow as a person. You know what I'm saying? Because I felt like if I went to college, And I grew so much with the experiences that I had on and off the field. I wanted to know how good of a person and as a human being I could become with the same challenges in the NFL. Hmm. So, I mean, I just I just really wanted to grow. I was addicted to growth and just seeing how good I could become, you know, on the field. Man, I love I love doing things on the field, but off the field, I just felt like I was growing into something that, you know, that I could be proud of. And I wanted to continue to do that.
1: Yeah. You know, he, watching you play on uh, NFL, like, man, it was incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like watching you do your thing, watching the spirit of what you play with. And I'll never forget um, when cancer came into your life. You know what I'm saying? And like, when my injury hit me, I always tell people like, even though you know injuries can happen, even though you know like careers can end behind the injury, Like I just never thought about my life in that way. Like I thought, yeah, I can get injured. Of course injuries happen, but I never Mm -hmm. thought I'd go out, play the game. One day something happens to me, wake up the next day and my life is totally changed. I just never thought about it like that, even though it was reality, right? And so when you got hit with cancer, like navigating that process, you get hit with cancer, I think it's 2014, right? And you come back 2015, the next year you come back and you ball and you go to the Pro Bowl. But right. when that happened to you, like talk a little bit about your mindset and your perspective and the people that were around you in terms of your parents and you getting through that.
0: Man, it was it was tough, dude, because like you said, it caught me off completely off guard, completely off guard. And I wasn't prepared for it. Hmm. Like I wasn't aware of it. I, I found out I was prepared for it, but I wasn't aware, I wasn't aware of it. And um I was so out of touch with what was going on when they told me the news, I was like, well, can I still play before, you know what I'm saying? Before my chemo my chemo session, man. And they were like, ooh, like, <laughs> hey, no, you can bro. To you, bro. <laughs> you gotta go get chemo Ready? <laughs> that's done, bro. Like, but that's just how I was. I was like, shoot, I might as well just play another game yeah. until, you know, until it's really time. But I think before all that went down, mm-hmm. I was in like the best shape of my life, dude. I was in the best shape of my life. I was I was mentally focused. I had sacrificed, mm-hmm. like eating certain things. I you know committed to waking up. Like I'm not even I'm not even Muslim, but I did Ramadan just to see mm-hmm. if I could stay committed to it. You know what I'm saying? Like wow. I, just, I just did it. You know what wow. I mean? And then right after that, like to find out that that happened. And I think in my journal, I had wrote, is it possible to turn pain to power? Mm. Is, it, is it possible for you to look at pain and say, and be in the moment of pain and be like, this is really me becoming in power? Wow. And I was like, I think I wrote that in on 8, 14, 14. And right after that, like throughout that season, that's what started happening. Wow. And I got to the point where I was like, dude, like why? How did I end up in this situation? Why am I, why am I going through this? I was in the best shape of my life. I I've I been eating clean, drinking water, doing what I was supposed to do, and it was just like a ton of bricks that hit me. So mm. going through the process, I didn't. I think, I think you gave me this coin. It had like the breastplate of righteousness, and you know what I'm saying, of the helmet of salvation, and everything. And I kept that coin with me, and you told me like we went to uh, Homegrown. (laughs) We went to Homegrown. (laughs) And you was like, man, when are you taking chemotherapy? And you was like, I said, "Uh, I'm going to do it every Wednesday, every two weeks. Mm. You said, that's your game day. I was like, all right, cool. I I get it. I get it. Okay, this is my game day. So I'm going to treat it like a game and be ready for my game. And you got 12 rounds, like just like a boxer. You're going to knock out each round. So when I put it in perspective of, when you put it in perspective like that for me, I was like, I am prepared for. It's the same thing that I've been doing in football. Like, it's going to be times that it's going to be a camp that is going to break me down. You got to get up, go to film. You got to work out. You got to train. You got to push your body to the limit. That's the same thing that was going on, but it wasn't just physical. It was more mental. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was more mental and it was more of my spirit. And what I learned throughout that whole process is that if it's in your spirit, it's going to be hard for you to be broken mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. I had, to, I had to do it in reverse because I was broken mentally. I ended up reaching point 0.0. I was broken mentally and I was broken physically to the mm-hmm. point where you know, I had lost a lot of weight, 195. I'm looking in the mirror, don't recognize myself. Mm-hmm. And I really got down to the core of who I was as an individual, as my character, not by, oh, that's Eric Berry. you know He's handsome or he's physically fit. He's a football player. I had to separate myself from that. And really cultivate my spirit. And it was times where mentally I was there, but physically I wasn't there. Mm. It was time where I was physically there, but I mentally wasn't there. Uh, and it's cool to say that you know, you get you got serendip, you got serendipity as the name of your show, because you have to create that will and that cycle of serendipities. It's not gonna always be mental, it's not gonna always be physical, it's a continuous thing that you feed off of. And you gotta grow it into a serendipitous will, so it can cultivate that spirit, and that spirit can maintain and sustain you through any situation. And I think that was the biggest thing that I learned throughout that process is just it's gonna be ups and downs, but that's just a part of the process. You have to step back and look and say, "I'm gonna be right back out of this thing, man, and back to the to the good times and the and the great times." But this is the part that cultivates you into that having that spirit and. Being able to move forward and grow in the way that you want to. Man, that's um that's an incredible
1: perspective, bro. Like, I always say to people, like, when we go through things in life, like a lot of times immediately we want to understand it, right? That's the natural reaction. Like you said, like, man, what is this? I remember I get hit, I'm like, man, what? Like, break your plexus. Like, yeah, don't what even is this? try yeah. to understand it. You know what I'm saying? But I tell people all the time. I said, oftentimes, man, we got to focus that energy and that passion on surviving it, right? Just survive the moment. Like you said, some days you're going to be there mentally, you won't be there physically. Some days you're going to be there physically, you won't be there mentally. Just focus on surviving it. And then we get to a certain point along the journey, you look back and you start putting the pieces together and now you can understand it, the purpose that it serves, right? The things you can extract from it to make you a better individual and carry on. But like the thing that has impressed me about you E, is that like at every phase of adversity, like you find a way to navigate and shake back, man, and execute even on a higher level, right? And when I look at you, right, if a cat meets you, I'll never forget. I was with somebody, we was somewhere, and like you was there, you was on, you had on the jogging suit, right? Like I think one of your nonchalant joints or something, and a cat was like, "That's E.B., like that's Eric Berry." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, man, the cat just chilling. Like, he just he just calm, right? And a lot of what you all talk about, even with the brand, is humble savage, right? right. Like, a humble savage, right? Adapt right. to dis- disrupt, right? Where did that come from, E.B., in terms of just putting that into the brand, you and Savion and the team, and that really being, like, y'all personality?
0: Yeah, man, because that's what it is. Like, at the root, at the core, nonchalant is simple. Being nonchalant is being poised. Mm. It's being poised in those times of adversity and those times of disruption, you know, that that can kind of knock you off your path and knock you off your pivot. Like yeah. being poised in those situations, that's what gets you through being able to say, you know what, I did say I was going to commit to this. I knew that it was going to be times like that, acknowledging the moment, acknowledging that it is adversity and, and knowing and understanding that every time. My dad, man, he always told me, Mom, too, like it's always going to be something happening. Mm. So don't be surprised. Just be prepared for it, you know, and being prepared for it is just being mentally tough and conditioned.
1: Mm.
0: At the end of the day, that's all you have to be is mentally tough and conditioned. We can make everything else work. So being able to be a humble savage, trying to find that balance between being humble, because sometimes if you're too humble and don't and and it's mistaken and not being confident, Mm. sometimes you forget who you are and where, where you've been those tough times that you did endure, those tough times that you did overcome, sometimes you might forget that if you're too humble. You got to understand that you've been through a lot and you've conquered a lot. So you have to be aware of that. But being balanced with the savage aspect to where it's like, man, I'm a dog. I can get this done. certified, right? (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done. But not being savage to the point where it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Just ruthless and not really aware of your surroundings. You got to be, you know, know what's going on and keep ha- having that balance of being a humble savage and being able to have that that rotation and that cycle to be able to push through what you want to. Absolutely. And so, E, as I, as I take us
1: out, man, um, you know, with the current climate of the world, right, pandemic, a lot of people facing a lot of adversity and opposition, you know, seeing times that they've never seen before, Is there a Mm -hmm. mantra that you live by or something that you wake up and you think about every single day, something that guides you, right, that you will leave the world with, right, that you will put on people as they navigate through opposition, adversity, and good days?
0: Man, the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me, you know, as far as a mantra, I just, I don't really have a mantra. My thing is I just want to empower people. You know what I'm saying? I want to empower them by what I do, by the way I move, the way, the way I accomplish things. And what I noticed is you you brought up my cancer situation. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I didn't realize until people started coming, coming to me, they don't a lot of people don't recognize me from football. Mm -hmm. A lot of people they come up to me and say, Thank you, because my, my dad watched your your speech or watched your story on YouTube every day doing during chemotherapy. You know what I'm saying? They say, my granny, they watched you before they passed away. You know what I'm saying? And you was a center of hope. And, like, making, like, accolades, like, all-decade team and, you know, winning the book Award and the SEC Player of the Year, like, that doesn't amount to saving someone's life by inspiring them Mm -hmm. to to continue to push on and continue to live. So the only thing I could say, man, is really just For anybody out there that's going through something, just try to be better than you are at this present moment tomorrow. Like even if you had a bad day, just understand if you got an opportunity tomorrow, just be better than that and continue and try to build on that. And don't worry about, you know, outside people saying that you should be here or should be there. Mm -hmm. Focus on yourself and continue to just cultivate a spirit of growth and being positive and reaching for the stars, man. That's really all it's about. Cause you never know who you might inspire. I didn't know I was inspiring all those people. I was just fighting for my life. But at the same time, it's a lot of people out there that's fighting for their life as well, and they need that inspiration. So you got to just continue to push on and continue to push forward because you're, you saving your life might save thousands. <laughs> that's
1: strong, bro. They say like, they say, EB, when you have a bad day, the next day you wake up, you try to treat the world better than it treated you. And so, man, I want to say thank you for your time, bro. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your insight. You know it's nothing but love and respect, man. Appreciate it.
0: Man, I appreciate you
1: too, man. Yeah, yeah.